The Evolve Pod is hosted and produced by TriSwimCoaching.com, the home of expert swimming, open water and triathlon coaching for all abilities in Oxfordshire. If you're interested in getting involved in multi-sport, please visit TriSwimCoaching.com and get yourself set up for a free consultation with me to see how we can help your triathlon performance. We're also supported by Notepad. Notepad are a kick-ass Birmingham-based branding agency who formulate crystal clear strategy alongside jaw-dropping design to make your brand truly unbeatable. You can check them out via their website at notepadstudio.com. Lastly, as a little benefit for the listener, I've teamed up with The Fell Store, an independent business created in lockdown to inspire more people to enjoy the mental and physical benefits of nature and the outdoors. They provide tasty, lightweight, dehydrated and freeze-dried meals ideal for any outdoor adventure. You can use the promo code EVOLVE15 on checkout to get 15% off all meals. Episode 35 of the Evolve Pod brings a really cool conversation with Pete Crocombe. Pete and I are both big into our sports, particularly running, but we're both hugely passionate about inspiring other people to improve their mental health and well-being. Tragically, in February 2020, Pete lost his father to suicide. This is a shining example of turning a brutal and harrowing scenario into something quite beautiful and inspiring and empowering. Pete and his friends have recently run from Land's End to John O'Groats in under seven days, raising money for Sport in Mind, a charity that uses sport and physical exercise to help people find a better way to manage their mental health. Please do have a good listen to this podcast. It's a really interesting, really inspiring, very deep and very powerful episode. So please do listen, learn and grow. Pete, welcome to the Evolve Pod. Thank you so much for coming on. We're going to get into why I've got you on the Evolve Pod for this week, episode 35. But I'm going to start off with a question, which is, mate, how are your legs? Well, first of all, yeah, thanks, Ali, for um, having me on here. Uh, legs are not too bad, actually. Um, we finished our run on Saturday. We're now on uh, Wednesday, so I've had a few days of recovery Um chilling out in the Isle of Skye uh, with some family members, my wife and uh, mother-in-law. And yeah, just feet are a little bit blistery, uh, letting the skin heal. Uh, <laughs> ultimately, the, the legs have held up okay. And um, yeah, quite frankly, looking forward to you know, getting back out there once the sun pokes his head out again and, and lacing up the, the shoes again. But um, no, I've enjoyed the, the downtime, that's for sure, just sort of uh, basking in. Uh, the the glory of the what was such an amazing week uh, yeah absolutely and uh, first of all you know before well, I, I want to offer you and the, your extended team congratulations on what you've managed to achieve and we're going to get into your reasons why and um, how the challenge itself went but obviously right now we're talking about something that some of the listeners may know might know nothing about what we're talking about so could you introduce what you've actually just finished it was only last week wasn't it was it Saturday Sunday you finished um, yeah introduce what it was because it's truly epic yeah so we um myself and uh, three mates uh, had a campaign a project called mental miles 
Um, we were raising funds for mental health charity Sport and Mind, which we'll touch on a bit later. But uh, the challenge itself was uh, a run the length of Britain. So we started in uh, Land's End in Cornwall on uh, Saturday last week. And uh, our aim was to run a non-stop relay uh, all through the day, all through the night, uh, running an hour and a half shifts on, uh, so single uh, per person, and then four and a half hours off to rest. Uh, and then the cycle starts uh, again. Um, the aim was to uh, run it in under seven days. And uh, we're very pleased to be able to have done it in six days and the six hours. Uh, so we finished on a Friday, uh, sort of late afternoon or mid afternoon. And it was just a, an incredible journey. We saw uh, the British Isles at its true best and all the weather, all the seasons rolled into one and uh, properly bonded as a team. And, and yeah, I think the relay element certainly just added such an incredible uh, side to, to the challenge, which a lot of these things are, are done solo. Um, and uh, Although we did most of our running, all our running on our own, there was a, a huge amount of teamwork and uh, uh, camaraderie which went behind the with everything with the drivers not just those of us who are running um and yeah just a, a really special week and uh and that was the jog ticked off for us nice i mean talking of teamwork obviously you've got drivers you had support crews you had um you know following your various instagram pages you had family members and friends turning up along the way um what you know what what price do you put on on the value of teamwork to achieve something like this and i guess before before the challenge, did you sort of realise or understand how important and how impactful having a good, solid team and understanding would be? No, that's, that's a really valid question, Ali, and I think no is the answer. I did not realise just how much we were going to rely on on the help and support of others. Um, you know, these challenges don't just sort of happen, uh, you know, running a, a marathon or rocking up to an organised race. They're there's a lot more simplicity behind it but with this no we as I say had the camper vans two camper vans moving at, at all times really and um, you forget when you're running as well even though we weren't going at you know, blistering paces if you're just churning out at a sort of consistent five minute 30 kilometers to sort of six minute kilometers then um, five minutes or 10 minutes 15 minutes goes and suddenly the, the car is, is a lot further back and the runners are further ahead and we had a brilliant tracking system and uh, device sort of set up, which meant that uh, the drivers were able to to follow and see where the runners were at all times, and which also doubled up for a lot of our supporters. It was a great way to include them. Um, I think that was another great success, having it on home soil. It made it all feel quite real. And uh, in answer to your bit about having other people join, that was a, a huge part of it, which we wanted from the start because it was all in Britain. Um, we you know, encouraged people to come and join us at various stages and uh, we did just have some incredible support at uh, you know, really key times uh, from people coming up to Edinburgh and running at 4am. Uh, Gus's wife did that, I was running all the social media channels and uh, came and joined us in Cheshire and Shropshire. Um, there was yeah, some really big players who, who helped massively. And uh, the drivers, not least, they were probably the true heroes who were you know, shuttling us around everywhere. Uh, we had got a, a, a tactic in there which we called leapfrogging, where one runner would finish the shift after an hour and a half. Uh, the drivers would then uh, drop off the next runner and they would have a bit of downtime there for, let's say, half an hour or so, whilst that next runner made their way up in uh, the country for an hour and a half. And 
that van would then go ahead and leapfrog um, during the daytime. This was when it was all safe to do so on the roads. Um, we would hop forward in the van. It would have another sort of half an hour. And by that time, the hour and a half was sort of uh, swallowed up with the with the driving time in there and the next person would would change so it was all pretty relentless at night time we had the, the the vans would often just sit behind us going at the slow pace with the lights on on the on the country lanes we stuck to the, the quiet roads which was um you know we could have done it quicker there was a there's more direct routes but part of this we wanted to enjoy it and, and take in some of the scenery as well rather than you know hammering it along dual carriageways so um <laughs> right joined uh, and they were just heroic really um, doing long old shifts we all took a, a bit of turn behind the wheel but ultimately when we came in off an hour and a half shift at let's say two or three a.m uh, we wanted just to get our fuel on board and curl up into a sleeping bag and that was when the drivers really uh, pulled through so no the teamwork was enormous and those three boys Liam, Gus and Jack um, alongside myself we've just become brothers like we were good mates before um Gus and Jack I went to school with uh, back in um uh, in Leicestershire in a school called Uppingham and uh, off the back of that um you know Liam got involved as well and you know our friendship just gone to a whole new heights really there's a um seeing Gus at the end of my 90 minute shift every time when I was crying out for the van and my sleeping bag it was a memory I'll never forget and him taking that baton off me which was the little GPS tracker yeah was just one of those lovely small luxury moments of the of the week which um yeah I'm I'm missing actually just that moment of yeah Gus relieving me of, of the pain but um no incredible amount of teamwork and just a special group of boys that's really awesome to hear and I, if I reflect back to some of the things I've done previously, you know, the, the, you know, I still, like two years on from, from something I've done a few years ago, I still have those exact sentiments and those exact feelings that you're experiencing right now in terms of how that team kind of pulled together and what it means and the special memories and the bonds that you'll, you will have had from, from here. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, in a couple of years time, what your kind of thoughts and feelings are. Um, you know on this uh, amazing challenge and again congratulations to you guys in the team because you know not only have you managed to achieve your individual goal but you've also inspired a hell of a lot of people to, to you know to get up and get active for all the reasons that we're going to talk about I'm sure later on uh, on this episode you know if we uh, if we think about running in general in quite a quite a pure terms I know that you've obviously come from a sporting background and running itself brings, you know, probably brings to you the same that it would bring myself and other people that are kind of very keen on getting up on, on two feet. Did you manage to experience that side of the running as part of the challenge? Because obviously there's quite a lot of social media stuff to take care of, the promotion, because ultimately you want to raise as much money as possible, which can be quite stressful. Did you, when you were out running, particularly probably on the night shifts, did you feel the, hey, I'm just going for a run? yeah yeah and I, and that linked back to the team because as i mentioned my wife daisy was just incredible with the social media and i think um you know not for lack of sleep from her side she was sat at home i think worrying a little bit throughout the night knowing when i was on my night shifts but yeah having her manage all of that was was just a huge um yeah weight lifted which meant that we could ultimately yeah do what we need to do which was get through the challenge uh perform with the best of our abilities um you know keeping the content making sure we took some nice photos at times but when you've got a lovely sunrise over the scottish highlands it's it's not the biggest hardship to, to whip out the iphone and, and take a, uh, an image there or a video but um no it was just um beautiful beautiful scenery the running 
uh, was always like a luxury, a privilege. That was one of our big um, key messages as a team beforehand. We had a few different pillars. Uh, one was to become uh, better mates than when we started. Um, we also I said we want to be patient along the journey. We wanted to enjoy it, um, not rush into anything headlong. It was a, you know, the old, it's a marathon, not a sprint. It was an ultra marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> <laughs> being a privilege, that was, that was a key thing, I think. You know, for me, being grateful for everything that I have and, um, you know, what I've been through and what my family have been through with what happened with dad, um, you know, it's easy to to cloud yourself in, in a world of self-pity. But um, being able and have the ability to get out and run and enjoy it uh, is such a huge part of it. So to your point there, I mean, we um, absolutely, I enjoyed it. Those night shifts, um, I'm not sure if... Uh, many people have done night running I'm sure you've had a little go at it Ali but it's there's nothing quite like it especially out in the highlands or on back roads no lights a couple of moments I put a hand over my head torch and my chest light and I there was not a like a dot of light pollution anywhere and all it was was bright um, stars in the sky and yeah there's there's something very special about that the the pressures of everyday life and uh, what you feel when you're sat behind your desk or doing your chores or looking after the family whatever it is there's so many things stimulating and when you're out there running it's one foot in front of another total pitch black around you stars above you the universe you feel very small that also helps me put lots of things in pers into perspective when I look up and see those stars and billions of years old and um, you know absolutely enjoyed the running at, at time as a start I'm, I'm you know, certainly being back to my, my desk now, my day job, it's uh, it has been a bit of a come down and certainly missing that that element and the simplicity of it all. Listening to you talk there, genuinely getting sort of goosebumps and sweaty palms because <laughs> running, uh, running in the dark is one of life's experiences that I think, you know, everybody who is able to should have a go. Um, yeah. Because if you have a go and you don't like it, that's OK. But if you have a go, the chances are you'll probably really enjoy it. And um, oh yeah, it's so nice to hear you talk about that and the kind of the simplicity of it and the, almost kind of like a regrounding, you know, and that sense of perspective is, is really, really big. Um, I want to talk about a little bit later about the sort of the highs and lows of the challenge. But I guess it's probably a good time to bring in the sort of the, the, the reason why and, and how this challenge came about um so yeah if you, if you don't mind just let's let's get into that so it, it adds so much more context into what you guys managed to achieve um it's something you are clearly very passionate about and I'm, I'm sure that's going to come out in the next few minutes I'm certainly very passionate about this message as well so yeah Pete over to you Let, let's get into the reasons why yeah so very sadly in in February 2020 so um just a couple of years now, uh, I lost my father, my my dad, uh, Paul Crocombe, to to suicide, and I think at that time there was obviously so much going around in in my head and the, the family coming to terms with everything. And um, so, for a bit of context, Dad was uh, an incredible sportsman. He was a teacher uh, for sort of thirty odd years. He was my teacher alongside lots of my best mates still now. Um, we had a lovely bubble, a, a brilliant school up in Derbyshire. Um, he was the, the director of sport and coached us everything that a lot of us know now about uh, our love for sport and exercise. Um, on top of that, he was a, a brilliant uh, pastoral man and 
um, was incredible with, with the difficult children uh, at the school as well. He always took them under his wings and um, had an incredible zest and enthusiasm for life, which um, I've tried to take on board. And I, I believe I'm my father's son. And there are definitely elements and uh, from lots of dad's friends when I get comments saying I've um, uh, similar to him, it, it always fills me with, with pride because um, I looked up to him like no one else in the world. Um, and to lose him in that way was heartbreaking, life-changing. Um, lots of, of adjectives could be put there. But um, for me at that time, I was actually training to do uh, my first foray into running was um, I was just about to turn 30 in, in 2020. And I, as I said, I played lots of other sports growing up. I'd, running was always, I'd, if I needed to flush something out, I'd always go out and have maybe a little 5 to 10K. But more and more I'd seen the, the marathon and the ultra side of things with mates getting involved and I thought well you know what I'm about to turn 30 come on I must must be able to uh, better myself in some way here I'd had a long old sort of winter of client hospitality and you know long hours of, of after work activities and I thought you know what come on I'm, I'm still young enough to, to be able to give something a crack so I basically devised a little route from uh, our home in in uh, Brixton in, in London running up the Thames path to, to Henley and this was obviously all planned whilst dad was, was still alive. The family are going to be involved in it. There wasn't any charity element at this stage. It was just going to be a, uh, a celebration of, um, of, of the family having dad come and run a few legs with me. My sisters were going to do bits and friends were coming to join. Um, and it was actually then on. So that was the, uh, the Thursday night when my uh, mum found, found dad at home and um, very sadly had to, to make that call to all of us and I was carb loaded up to the max and ready to go on the Saturday morning for for that uh, 100 kilometer challenge and uh, obviously that was all canned at that stage and we had the difficult few weeks of coming to terms with everything um, also just before the, the COVID pandemic had really kicked off it was um, just about to come out and uh, it came clear to me in those sort of two weeks after and, and dad's planning dad's funeral that um you know I was fit and prepared to do that challenge and I suddenly put on a whole new perspective for me and as a family it, it was you know, clear early on that I wanted we wanted to uh, not shy away from the fact um, and how dad died I think um if you'd said to me as a young man uh, that suicide would have come to, to my life to a from the outside a perfect family with no finance troubles dad wasn't a big drinker or drugs or he didn't um live life to any sort of excess which cynically that would have been my view to it beforehand um you know suicidal depression only comes to those who have maybe faced those sort of hardships and I think that's now become sort of more and more my message where it can happen to absolutely anybody and no matter how much it looks like life's together you know dad we knew he was struggling a little bit he'd retired from teaching so he'd lacked that purpose for him as a sportsman as well his body had started to let him down he had a knee operation he had a lot of rugby growing up and arthritis sadly meant that you know that power and the speed which he'd, he'd built his whole sort of adult life on uh, suddenly wasn't there um, my got two youngest sisters uh, Rachel and Rosie who we were all made our own way in in the world we we're all living in London so suddenly dad had a, a void in his life where he had such a purpose for such a long time and had inspired so many children so brilliantly through that uh, career of, of teaching that I think all of that put together in a melting pot suddenly just meant that dad felt 
you know, he the, the world was better off without him, which just couldn't have been, you know, more wrong. And uh, me in that 2020, I was about to get married and my younger sister, Rachel, was also getting married that year. So there was a lot of big events coming, which obviously then had a, a huge knock on uh, effect for it all. Um, so, yeah, did, did that 100K um, and found Sport in Mind, which is uh, a charity based up in, in Reading. Uh, when we were doing that search it was really clear for me that I wanted to find a charity who I sort of understood or epitomized what dad was all about um, you know dad had tried the counseling route but for him it, it didn't work as a, as a stoic sort of man and um, he felt it was actually every time that he spoke about his troubles that he felt even more helpless because he felt that the person couldn't help him through his, his troubles. And actually, on the day he died, he had, he had um, been to see a counsellor that morning. It was always at that moment where he felt incredibly, I think, lost through through uh, the medication, the process which which were offered. Um, he, he had a medication as well, but for him, it felt like a cocktail mix in his head. And for someone who didn't like that feeling of, you know, the outer body experience of, of drink or drugs, he again, just made him feel further and further away from that man that he once, that he once was. And for, for me, then it just became, well, if we're not going to go down those sort of routes, let's get shouting about sport, how important that was in dad's life, how important that is in my life. Um, and Sport in Mind suddenly clicked and had a great uh, chat with the CEO, Neil, who was incredibly supportive and no, didn't expect any sort of you know, great fundraising, but just it was quite clear then that they put on uh, these sessions all around sport and exercise and um, help those who are really struggling with, with mental illness. And it's all through the, through the power of sport, which they're trying to overcome uh, th their problems. And um, we went on that quest and I, I think... The, the story came across to and it struck an, a chord of people I think coming to the pandemic as well mental health was starting to become more and more prevalent and uh, on that journey we raised about £50,000 for, for that uh, for that run and alongside some other challenges which I had friends do uh, and that was the start of the little legacy at Sport in Mind so the Mr Crocom legacy was born and um, Sport in Mind have now dedicated a young people and children's program which is all about educating uh, the next generation uh, about the importance of sport and exercise in our in our lives so it's really touching that and again for me that's just the fire and um, the passion which I know I can almost hold on to dad slightly and by shouting about him by having this conversation here by letting more people know about just how brilliant he was and and what he stood for then it feels like you know his death wasn't a waste and the tragic waste that it that it really was um because there should have been no place on this earth where a brilliant man like dad should have ever felt that he wasn't you know valued or a, a part of it so um yeah that's that's a bit of, a bit of my drive well a bit yeah i mean there's 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 loads of great stuff in there um I'm, I'm thinking of a few things I mean first of all obviously you know I'm, I'm hugely sorry that you and your family and your friends because it all sounds like quite a close-knit network had to go through something so awful and so traumatic and um one of the most amazing things and one of the kind of reasons for me starting this podcast in the first place was that people such as yourself can take something so horrendously tragic and turn it, to actually turn it into something really beautiful um and as a tribute to your dad and I think that's really really powerful and really strong for people to listen to um sorry I'm getting a bit emotional um excuse me <clears throat> just give myself a minute 
but yeah, I think um, this message is really, really important to get out there to people. Uh, there's a lot of people struggling, and yeah, just congratulations on getting out there and getting it done. It's really, it's really, 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 really big. I am going to take a minute now. <laughs> um, so sport in itself, like we both are probably cut from the same sort of cloth. You know, sport is. I've been doing sports since I was as little as I can remember. Um, you know, I remember, you know, so I, funny enough, my 40th birthday last weekend, my mum bought me some old photos around of what I was like as a kid, and there's loads of me just running and kicking balls and all this kind of stuff. I know, and I know my listeners know what sport can bring, what it brings to me. But for you and everything you've done so far with sport in mind and raising awareness for, for sort of mental health and suicide prevention, what can sport bring people? Yeah, I, and so sport is just like it sounds like for you, Ali. We've had a wonderful education where it's been ingrained as part of um, who we are. And yeah, quite frankly, without it, yeah, the world would be a, a far less exciting place for me. It gives me a, a drive and a purpose. Um, there's so many elements within that. I think the, the biggest part certainly this week seeing is the, the teamwork, the camaraderie, the, like the communities which it builds. And I know through you know other sources, you, you also get that, of course, through um, different networks. But that feeling of tying people together through physical activity, um, all working towards a common goal, uh, all shapes and sizes can get involved in it. And we're talking from, you don't have to run the length of the country. You can think. <laughs> lot smaller and um you know a great example actually is so my two younger sisters who probably didn't get the sporting bug as much as I did growing up um as they've got older and as they've uh, found themselves in the workplace and you know increasingly with life you get more stresses and um it's just a, a wonderful release it as we touched on earlier that the night running and even just running during the day you get that feeling of of being out in your own little bubble the the pressures of the world which I heard on a, a podcast actually with Matthew McConaughey and um he mentioned about the when you're exercising all those troubles are stacked up vertically on top of your head and when you're out there and out and about moving exercising suddenly they all get laid out in front of you and you can pick them off individually so I think for me, that's definitely a, a great analogy and that's something that I feel, um, you know, building it as a habit is, is such a huge part of, of it as well. I think, as I say, for me, because I've done it for such a long time, if I go a day now without going out for at least a 20-minute run or a, a game of golf or paddle tennis or whatever it is, squash, I will feel like I'm, you know, stagnant sitting behind the desk all day. And I suppose having that as such a habit in my life has then meant that I've always got that little outlet, which which gives me uh, a break from the the daily stresses of uh, of, of daily life. So um, <clears throat> it's just uh, the, the benefits are there. It's plain to see. There's the endorphins which it releases. Um, sport in mind have, have got a lot of research on on how important it is uh, as well. So. Um, I think we all know you, some people might not want to admit it because getting up and doing a workout before work is can be quite daunting but and there's that old saying you know you never regret a workout you never regret going for a run um, you know the timing is it's a priority thing as I say it's a habit I think 
I was probably guilty beforehand as well with, with these big uh, challenges. You think, oh, I can't fit in the training here. I've got this work thing here. Then, but the point is, everybody, to a certain extent, I'm um, you know, newborn babies, maybe aside, but you can <laughs> can find half an hour of a day. Like if that means, yes, it's half an hour less of sitting scrolling on your phone uh on instagram in front of the tv then or if it means getting up half an hour earlier before work then you can find that to do your yoga to do a a joe wicks workout to do uh, a little 5k run whatever it looks like um so yeah i just sport is such a pillar and exercise is is such a pillar in my life and obviously i'm a huge advocate of of how much it helps me and, and my mental health and and uh, you know, from dad's side, it was his biggest preach to all his children and uh, inspiring those kids and getting up and about it. It brings out a a totally different side of um, of your life where you know you're not just sat and being stagnant. We're born to move, and uh, 100%, yeah, I take it on. I think the point you made there about uh, trying to create, not even create, trying to take even 15 minutes or half an hour to to exercise in one way or another, and whatever that means to you, you know, that could be hitting a boxing bag, it could be going for a walk, uh, whatever that means to an individual. I think one of the things that a lot of people struggle with at the moment, um, particularly as we're coming back out of, you know, two years of lockdown madness, I think is is the speed at which we live our lives and, yeah. the, and the perceived pressure that we put upon ourselves to get things done now and to do things, this has to be done by here. I have to do this, I have to do this. And the kind of the pressure that that puts people under if you look at the all the narratives around well-being and things at the moment, things like putting yourself first, they're two completely contradicting messages, you know, that people are sort of fighting against. And I, for one, and you asked me before we went into the podcast, uh, before we started recording about, you know, do I still get time for me, given my sort of family work life circumstance? Well, the answer is always yes, I do, because both my wife and I understand that things can wait until tomorrow or things can wait until next week because the priority has to be that we are both, you know, feeling the best that we can at a given time for everybody else around us. And I think that message there, it's good to hear it come from yourself as well in terms of, you know, people, you do have the power to decide what the priority is at a given time. And I think if that's a message that gets put out there and people can listen to, I think that's really powerful. So I really appreciate you bringing that up. I think I think that's a really strong thing that a lot of people get confused and confused by and feel the pressure of. I don't know what yeah. your take, take on that is. Yeah, no, I think you're spot on. Um, you know, looking at my, again, my my sisters or my, my wife who might not be so into it, I, they, I've seen it firsthand in January, a campaign called Red January, which Sport in Mind actually supported, and they were the, the leading, uh, you know, the partner, the charity partner of that event. And that was all about doing a bit of exercise every day. And it's amazing when you have a group. We ran a group in memory of Dad called Paw Patrol. We had nearly 200 people this year all taking part. And I used to run a, a Mr. Motivator. Everyone, we had a different Mr. and Mrs. Motivator. He used to do a, a little psych up uh, video in the morning and we just had um, such a brilliant community there, which yeah went to prove that in January the the buzz that people got off the back of it, you, you know, you can find it if you're all part of that together. Um, but it's just finding that yeah the uh, the willpower to and, and the drive and uh, yeah the creating those habits which um, can easily slip. But I, I know for some people after January it, it sort of goes by the wayside, but I know that 
uh, for a lot of people that come out of that month, um, if they took part in that campaign, going, wow, this is such a great way to to be able to to, to live my life. Um, and yeah, for, for my little sister, Rosie, touching on, you know, you don't have to be doing the length of the country. She really especially she so my youngest she's six years younger than me she'd never run never done any sport at all and dad's uh enthusiasm never really rubbed off on her but <laughs> back at red jan this year and um she did her first run over five kilometers in her life and she just did the london landmarks half marathon on sunday oh wow which was just incredible and like i'm almost more proud of her doing that than you know i'm, I'm the sense of pride i have for the achievement we've just done because um having her go from nothing to running you know 21.1k that's a very special and um yeah love having to be able to see you know my dad's enthusiasm rubbing off finally on her after after these years and and seeing her feel better for it as well so um yeah there's there's all sorts of levels and uh, here's the thing right on that sorry to interrupt but i think I, i i find that again really empowering that you know, someone like yourself who's just run basically from uh, London uh, to Toronto Groats, you know, you're seeing the success and the uh, and the amazement and the inspiration from someone who's run Landmarks Half, but it's the fact that, you know, that's their epic. Yeah. You know, you've done your epic, which is, you know, on one level, and she's done her le- epic, which is on the same epic level, right? And I think, you know, given, you know, again, that message of just getting people out there, getting people starting via you know you know places such as sport in mind etc who knows where that can end up and the positives that can come from it so it's about just taking that initial step you know again even if it's 10 minutes five minutes one minute just getting out and starting and you don't the beauty of the journey is you have no idea where it's going to end up yeah and what it's going to bring you until you have a go so again like hearing you talk about that again it's it's really cool i really really enjoy it and it's like it's so empowering for people that might be kind of struggling or who might be kind of you know i I really want to go out and do something but i'm not sure where to start and you know i'd always say just start somehow you find a way to get going but let's um let's let's bring it back into the um to the mental miles challenge you know we've heard a lot a lot about your reasons why which was really really powerful to hear and to and to, to talk about well while you're kind of sort of you know getting on with the challenge you're kind of three days in four days in where your body was probably starting to scream at you a little bit toes sort of hanging off so to speak (laughs) where does your reason why come in and how did it make you perform yeah so i mean for me the 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 why was always the, the biggest driver so knowing that everything that i was putting into the challenge uh be that the marketing noise or the campaign building or um having you know lovely videos on on instagram whatever that all resulted in a lovely combination of coming back into awareness and and fundraising uh, in memory of dad so it was always a big driver um you know not having dad here to see it um for me as a sportsman and a competitive one at that means I've always seen mental illness and mental health as as my opponent a little bit, which um, at my stage in life, feel, it, it feels right. It, it, it's a healthy uh, obsession, I think, for, for me to have slightly. Um, and I'm aware also that as I get older, I probably won't have that sort of youthful fire within me to keep taking it on because there'll be a limit in which I can 
I can do and I'm uh, I'm aware of that and having seen dad you know perform at a very high level and with sport and you look at professional athletes as well there comes a time as a shelf life for a lot of this and um, my eyes are very open to uh, the fact that you know I can't keep building on uh, distances you know my 100 kilometer was was my epic as we took as you said my sister that was my epic two years ago suddenly you know I just did a 100 kilometer as a training weekend with the boys three four <laughs> around going blimey that was such a big thing for me all those years ago and there is a danger that you, you keep yearning for more and um I, I'm very aware that that you know there has to be a, a rain on on that um but yeah where was what was the, I, was, I went a bit off straight there where was no that? it's fine I'm not you know your reasons why and you know obviously they came into the challenge and it, it obviously gave you that you know another level of motivation and another level of performance to almost you know because a challenge like that for those people that you know haven't done a long distance running challenge it's brutal on the body um, yeah but if you can you know from experience if you can tap into your reasons why you kind of think well you know this is the pain is nothing really compared to what you know your dad went through or what you know my friend went through or what you know your reasons for doing it and it's just interesting to hear how you feel that you know knowing and you know really knowing and understanding and engaging with your reasons why what level of extra performance that gave you yeah and 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 that's so and as you would have felt with with your friend when you did your snowden challenge and um listened to that pod it was really insightful and and oh, yeah thanks. well you also did there but um as you would have found it's having a few little snippets uh for me within uh my head which which keeps me fired along and uh, as i mentioned around having mental health as that illness the uh, illness the, the chip on the shoulder my opponent um everything that i did was always a way of sort of chipping away at that and actually the night before uh, we we set off at, from uh, from land's end the boys who equally had all their own aspirations and goals for it so Gus is a brilliant um, personal trainer and ocean rower he's rode around Great Britain actually for, for dad but also has got had the world record at a time for uh, crossing the Atlantic and incredible athlete um, Jack has uh, done many Ironmans before and um, really successful entrepreneur and, uh, and Liam uh, yeah busy uh, working at Amazon and, and doing lots of great stuff there and, and also done uh, endurance things um, the uh, coast to coast up in Scotland so we had obviously decent pedigree with everyone but and they all had their own reasons and I think what was so special for me was by the end of it you know they they saw just how passionate and what it meant to me and ultimately that became our the main reason for us all you know cohesively to, to be getting on and they didn't know dad and it was a, a huge part of my mission in the, the the challenge in the campaign was to get those boys on board and to to get them bought into it and and just touching them before we started I, I wrote a little letter it was one of dad's little things as a as a, a sports coach he'd often you know build up the boys before the first 15 rugby match we'd always be a give everyone like team roles and say what everyone's uh you know should be doing and i've always taken that on what i love those little, little touches and know how much they mean and to each of the boys i just written a little letter and um one thing dad had done was he'd left uh, as a pile of, of notes uh, over the two years which he'd been suffering his depression and um you know they it could be viewed as us being a bit morbid for me actually there that's where i, I drive a lot of strength um they start out you know very 
exploratory for dad talking about his illness him trying to get uh, across some of the the pain that he was he was in and yeah to your point there if I feel an ounce of that pain which dad you know had felt that's almost the where I wanted to get to 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 take on the mental illness and say well you're not going to be beating me sort of here today and there were a couple of bits I actually referenced this in a, in a little video on towards the final uh, shift which uh, was all got quite emotional and suddenly everything comes around you realize we're going to complete it and you realize what it what it means um, but there were two notes and the, the they often drive me and the big one was um, dad he, he wrote that he wanted to be remembered by uh, the man that he was and not by the man that, that he became and for me it, it always hurts that he felt that he was so far away from from that man and for me having those boys you know know what dad was like hearing the uh, the stories and the the van chat which we had all about you know dad's childhood and how brilliant he was as, as a man and in his career they knew dad for the man that he was and that was just such a an incredible feeling for me towards the end that you know he he's not this sick ill poorly uh, person but actually we're going to remember him for for how great he was um, and then the second bit was he wrote um, that he's very sorry, um, but the deep depression had, had taken him over and um, it, it, it won. Um, and those words haunt me still, I suppose, today it, uh, in, a, in a positive way, in the sense that it's what gives me the drive um, to get to a stage where that's how somebody feels, just hurts me so much inside and because it's my dad it hurts me even more um and to those boys I said look we are going out there and mental illness depression it's not going to win this week and mm. as much as I've got air in my lungs and um I've got feet to walk or run on I'm going to keep shouting and and keep putting depression and mental illness back in its little box um and it didn't win last week we've um raised an incredible amount of money and uh, a lot of awareness along the way which you know feels again like um we're chipping away so um yeah that that's the fire and to your point where you think how does that improve our performance there's those little snippets things like that which will always stick up in here getting up every morning um on those weird and wonderful 2am gifts <laughs> nice uh, yeah there, there, there are significant drivers which you're able to channel and not everybody obviously is going to have the the lived experience which which yourself with your friend and, and me with dad are going to have but grief in general i think it, it's it doesn't have to be in, in, in such tragic circumstances as, as what dad went through but you know my wife we lost um uh, her dad as well just a couple of months before mine and um through different means but it, it you know everyone everyone has their own story everyone grieves um it's it's a part of human life and nature and um if you can tap into something which you know fires you up to to push you that little bit further or um you know whether you believe in, in god or people being above you or not if there is a, a little image of um that person looking down on you for me that that's what always gives me the extra drive and, and push to yeah to be a better version of, of myself ultimately so yeah hey thanks man <clears throat> thanks man i think um yeah there's there's uh the inspiration that you may not grasp yet from what you guys have managed to achieve is definitely out there there'll be people that have seen what you've done and have, who have made a decision to 
that there is a better way there is another way to do that and so your reasons why not only for yourself are really powerful but the outcome is even more powerful for for other people um how can people support you know mental miles how can people support sport in mind you know you've raised a good amount a really good amount of money so far but obviously we could always do with a little bit more so i'm certainly going to donate at the end of this podcast and so let's get the link out there where can people find find out a little bit more about you the team and obviously you know put some pounds in the pot yeah very kind ali so um we built a little website so uh, mentalmiles.co.uk um, that houses a lot of our, our info on there. Um, we've got a Just Giving page where there, there's a link uh, from there as well. Um, maybe after um, our, our chat here, I can send over. We've got a link tree, which will just give a few more pointers to some of the other um, bits. We've got the Sport in Mind website on there as well. Um, a video of, of my story, I think, with dads on there as well from, from beforehand, if anyone wants to know a little bit more about Paul Croak and the man. Um, from, from our 100 kilometres, we pulled up some of some archive footage there, which is always a nice memory for, for me to uh, go back and, and look at the man that dad was. Um, so, yeah, and Instagram uh, was our sort of main hub, which fed through to Facebook as well. So that's at Mental Miles UK. Um, that's the handle there. Uh, where you'll be able to uh, relive a, a lot of what we went through. There's some uh, awesome content on there. Um, if I say so myself, my wife done a great job. Categorized um, <laughs> into various days, so you can you can you know relive that. And um, I managed to get the drone up for um, a few of uh, some lovely sort of panoramic shots as well. So you'll get to appreciate the British Isles and all its uh, glory and splendour. And we managed. To get some very good weather actually i think we all apart from a, a snow and blizzard storm and uh gale force winds up in the highlands at park we, we were very lucky and you know dad even brought a bit of sunshine to john o'groats as well with a lovely sweeping vista to finish it off so yeah i think we felt very fortunate, fortunate. yeah you literally had a, a british week of weather didn't you it's like nice warm no winds then finishing off with snow and blizzards right <laughs> <laughs> yeah crazy and so I, I guess what's next good question yeah it's if anything uh, there may not be anything at the moment yeah, but yeah i've had obviously what four four or five days just to to contemplate and try and unwind a little bit um i've got busy busy working life i run a, a consultancy business with within the sports and events uh, world so um there's a few clients i've got who i'm doing some some events for so that that's taking up a bit of my time um also helping sport in mind running a golf day for them um so if anyone wants to support through that there's a, i know there's a few teams sort of kicking around um at sunnydale heath golf club in may so um various little projects with that and then um probably have a, a bit of reflection over the summer as well and um i've got uh, a few schools actually who have, have approached to for me to do a bit of a talking and try and um i think for me that might be a nice angle for, for me to dive into a little bit just because it's that way again of trying to inspire the next generation as dad did for so many years and teaching was very much a career path which I had a, a, as an option and decided to sort of pursue my um, career into the sporting world and uh, events and hospitality but um, there might be some nice overlap for me there which I think I'll, I'll probably uh, look to to get involved and, and go around and, and do a bit of uh, talks and, and motivational stuff maybe um, but yeah all just all busy i've got the house and i've got my lovely wife and we're thinking probably about starting a family before too long and um all moves isn't it we've got one shot at this life yeah yeah 
but, if, uh, you're, if you're going to do anything else big, make sure you get it in before kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From uh, Daisy, but no, the the four the th- the four of us boys are obviously still chatting away in the days after, and I think that definitely feels like a void there. And for any yeah. of you guys who are listening but i know ali you'll feel this from doing these challenges there's there is always a after all the preparation it's not just the week that has gone you know that taken part in doing it it's the months and months of prep before training and the calls and um you know getting the sponsors on board we had amazing you know kit from Hope, the, the shoe under being brilliant and um yeah all of that all those building blocks which take time and suddenly it goes quite quickly falling off a bit of a cliff towards uh, when it's all done so um yeah finding a little something i think the mental miles uh campaign name will will be sticking around and um yeah stay tuned there'll, there'll be something coming uh in the future for sure oh it's really really good to hear all of that and uh again thank you so much for your time today with us on the on the evolved part and thank you for you know all your openness and honesty around you know everything that you've been through over the last couple of years um and how you've managed to kind of like i said before you know turn something really harrowing into something you know truly wonderful that's that's by no means finished um yeah the inspiration from what you and your your guys have done is is massive um and no one, no one can ever take that away from you and so you know a massive a, a massive pat on the back and a lot more i think is deserving of for you guys um but yeah it's been really great to have you on um, I'm sure our paths will cross again in the future. Uh, I really hope they do. And yeah, keep on inspiring. It's, it's, it's such an important message that we need to get more and more, more people listening to and talking about. So yeah, I really appreciate you coming on, Pete. Thank you. Amazing. Thanks, Ali, as well. Lovely questions and yeah, good, to, good to probably meet you. And uh, as, I say, as you say, I think there'll be lots of overlap uh, going forward. So uh, yeah, we'll get you over involved at Sport in Mind as well. 100% up for that. 100% up for that. Right, everybody, thank you very much again for tuning into the Evolve Pods. Uh, I've really loved this episode. And if you have too, obviously a five-star review on iTunes and a share amongst your friends, family and loved ones is always appreciated. But in the meantime, take care, everybody, and we'll speak to you soon.